Dylan Lewis just viewed my LinkedIn profile but didn't connect with me. Should I be offended? All that and more on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. Sean O'Reilly here at Full Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Friday, February 26, 2015, and joining me to talk about why LinkedIn can't get any love from investors is Mr. Dylan Lewis. What's up, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, we are friends on Facebook. Right. I, don't know, I don't know if we're connected on deal. LinkedIn, yeah. right? Um, and I, just for everybody to know, I totally made up that opening line just to be funny. Yeah. I haven't seen him. It's kind of weird to me how whenever you log into LinkedIn, you can see who's been looking at you all the time. It's very, it's, it's very creepy. It's like... Okay, the girl I dated 10 years ago looked at my LinkedIn profile. Like, what? Yeah, what? it's kind of bizarre. But I guess that's like the, the nudge that you get right. to check back I'll in. connect that, with them. Man. That's how you get back into the system. Yeah. Because um, you always get those emails like, people are looking at your profile. Yeah. And then, of course, the workaround is in incognito mode. I do that so, all the time. Yeah. yeah if I'm it's trying to find only... a contact at like a distribution outlet or something like yeah. that, I'm just like, oh, I'll just go incognito. Does LinkedIn know that the only real way to properly use their site for any reasonably intelligent purpose and per- person is uh, incognito mode? I guess unless you're going to request the person whose right. profile you're looking at. Right. But then if it's the wrong person, then it's awkward. It's all awkward and weird, yeah. It's all cyber awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they reported earnings. LinkedIn reported earnings a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Early Did February. not go well. Did not. Um, probably should review that before we really talk about why they can't get love and why or maybe it's a buy now. We don't know. Um, so how'd it go? How were the earnings? Yeah, the theme for this week was beat up tech stocks. And originally we were going to talk about a couple companies uh-huh. and then- and then you just, just started the rabbit doing, hole of LinkedIn. <laughs> just and... started doing our homework. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to talk all about LinkedIn this show. Beautiful. Um, so LinkedIn, they reported in early February, stock shed 40% of its value after they reported earnings. So, you, Were it, you there? Well, yeah, you were there and you saw like the look on Michael Douglas's face and yes, stuff. He, he he's he's a, one of our coworkers. It's one of his largest holdings, I think. Yeah. And we're really sorry, Michael. Anyway. <laughs> um, but the earnings were good, though. Like I was rereading the release before we came down here and- they're still growing like a lot, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, it's really awesome to see like these great backward-looking things, but right. the forward-looking results not so not awesome. so good. Yeah. Uh, so the issue here was not the reported numbers, as we talked about. Uh, quarterly revenue, uh, eight hundred sixty-two million, thirty-four percent increase over comparable uh, prior year period. Um, they beat forecasts of eight hundred forty-five million to eight hundred fifty million. Uh, adjusted EBITDA was $249 million, uh, which was beyond management's guidance, guided range of $210 million. And just to look at some of the business segment growth, Talent Solutions, which is roughly two-thirds of their total revenue, uh, grew 45% year-over-year to $535 million. Uh, marketing solutions and premium subscriptions grew at twenty percent and nineteen yeah. percent, and those are their three. Major well, yeah, and it's not surprising that Talent Solutions is two thirds of their revenue, and that's what they do for basically professional recruiters and all that stuff. So, yeah, and just as a refresher for the listeners, uh, Talent Solutions recruiting are generally like the recruiting and hiring tools. Marketing Solutions more of the content marketing ads, things like that that would show show up in your feed. Um, and premium subscriptions, their other segment, uh, job seekers. Recruiters. Uh, it's kind of a range of individual users to kind of like small scale recruiting and HR efforts. Um, so again, lo- those were great results. The problem was guidance. Mm-hmm. Was it that low? Because they grew at like thirty, thirty five percent in most of their segments. Yeah, uh, management offered a revenue target between three point six and three point six five billion uh, for fiscal twenty sixteen, uh, and basically at the midpoint of that target range, uh, LinkedIn is pegging revenue growth at about twenty one percent next year. And you look back at what they've done the past couple years. So 2013 had year-over-year growth of 57%, 2014, 45%, 2015, 
2015, 35%, and now they're pegging to 21% for right. 2016. Uh I think this what, is a really nice graph you made, by the way. I wish right? I was It's a nice little chart. Yeah. I, thought, <laughs> I was very proud of myself. Um, and so you're seeing that decline happen. Um, and so part of the frenzy here is slowing growth. And you've been seeing this march down, down, down over time, right? I mean, right. It's not crazy. As, obviously, as denom- denominators get larger, mm-hmm. growth rates are going to slow. Is it? We'll probably talk about this more in a bit. It's like a growth saturation type of thing. Like, are they just as big as it's going to get and that's it or what? Well, it's not really an issue of user growth. Uh, that's been fine. Right. Um, I think it's more that there was kind of this expected floor mm-hmm. at a certain level. Maybe it was somewhere in the low 30s for uh-huh. growth and that, you know, given that they are not consistently net income positive, um, you know, people kind of thought that, all right, we're going to continue to see this growth right. and that will fuel all of the you know, stock price growth and all the valuation that's built into the stock at the moment. Um, Should we read these numbers off to listeners? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And yeah. so, I just, I mean, it's not a totally fair comparison because the businesses are a little bit different. Right. But, um, and it's know, addictive. It, it, it's, We're going to compare them to Facebook anyway. <laughs> it's hard not to talk about Facebook when you talk right. about LinkedIn, right? And so, just for context on what kind of growth rates they've been experiencing, 2013, uh, 54% year over year, 2014, 58%, 2015, 44%. 2016, uh, they're estimating between 30 and 40%. So they are also seeing a decline. If you look at the last three years, uh, it is not quite as steep, and there's still a lot more upside. Right. Obviously, the model is a lot different, and it's much more scalable because they're just serving up ads. Right. But um, I, that might also have added to some of the pessimism a little bit. Right. If you look at what is underlying these revised growth rates and why LinkedIn thinks they might be, uh, you know, just not growing as quickly as they have historically. Um, they are saying that Talent Solutions business segment could decline from roughly 30% growth in 2015 to mid-20% growth. Um, and this is largely related to macro factors. Uh, they cited weakness in Europe, the Middle East, Africa, uh, as well as some of the Asia-Pacific countries. And um, you know, I think they're at roughly like 40% of their business outside of the U.S. And I think that's where a lot of their growth is coming from. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, you know, a lot of the economic slowdown that we're seeing in um, some of those major abroad, countries yeah. abroad uh, is going to be problematic for them. Got it. Cool. All right. Well, before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners to the newly redesigned focus.fool.com. There you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool's Stock Advisor newsletter for all industry focused listeners. All loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two year subscription. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. Um, so, Dylan, diving back into what 2016 looks like for LinkedIn. What's the outlook for the company now? One of the really great questions that I saw during the conference call, um, Mark Mahaney from RBC Capital Markets had asked uh, if this revised guidance reflected any changes in the competitive landscape, anything like that. And, you know, because that's something that is there a threat to this core business that you mm-hmm. have? Is anyone coming in stealing business? You know, you talk about sometimes there's like Facebook at work or there, you know, are all these like little kind of people stealing market share. And, um, Jeff Weiner, CEO, totally dismissed that notion. Uh, so I think as a shareholder, you have to like that. Right. They are sticking to the narrative and the rhetoric of this being uh, macro impact and really nothing more. And so I, obviously, you're going to expect some declining growth rates as a company matures. Uh, hopefully, as we see some stabilization in the next couple of years in some of these right. markets where they're expecting a lot of growth. And this is a story that we've seen 
you know, with tons of earnings reports, uh, you know, with people experiencing issues in China or India or you know some markets that they were expecting huge growth and the economic downturn <clears throat> has uh, halted that a little bit. Some of my coffee. <laughs> I think I'm all right, but um, so. I, li- I like the fact that the core business is not is not at risk here. Right. Um, so, did uh, during the conference call, did he mention any other growth drivers or anything else they're doing to kind of 2016 may be a tough macro year or whatever, but beyond 2016, there where else is he looking for growth? I think that's one of the things that I am very optimistic about uh, with this company. So, uh, they have uh, this sales navigator business solution, uh, which is basically a social selling tool. And the idea here is it's going to help with like lead recommendations for salespeople, contact management. That it, could be huge. It yeah. integrates well with Salesforce. Um, so it's in part uh, lead generation and it's in part kind of knowledge management. And um, I think in the recent conference call, one of the analysts estimated that it was currently at like a two hundred million dollar run rate. Did he say to the company, "We've estimated your run"? Like, yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. So he it was yeah. in the, it was in the form of question. Got this it. is roughly what we're saying. Okay. Can you kind of confirm that? Can you say we're and, insane or not? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, he uh, CEO Jeff Weiner did not deny that. So okay. I, I think right. that's you know roughly what you can expect. Um, in the past, the company has said that they could scale that to a one billion dollar business. So huge runway for growth there. Wow. Um, they're obviously still integrating the Linda acquisition into their offering. Um, they're really just beginning to see a revenue contribution come through mm-hmm. from that acquisition. And if you remember correctly, I mean, I think that was a $1.5 billion acquisition. I think they saw maybe $49 million in revenue contribution in the most recent quarter. So it's going to take a while. Right. But uh, I think you're going, as time passes, you're going to see that I wonder more what and more credited to thinking earnings. With that, because I understand that like, if I wanted to learn how to code or something, there's tutorial videos on lynda.com. So. Yeah, the skill building integration there is obviously really great. Or you know, they could do something with like certifications where you've taken you know, yeah. uh, these classes and you're like LinkedIn certified in this specific skill oh, that, man. that job seekers are. I'm LinkedIn certified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, one of the other really, uh, really great business segments I'm excited about is uh, their sponsored updates, and uh, this is really no different than what you'd see in your Facebook feed mm-hmm. if you were scrolling through and you saw an ad for Google or right. you know pants or something like that. Um, and this segment grew uh, at approximately 85, percent and so ballparking that's roughly 90 million, um, which comes in at over half of the marketing solutions revenue, and this is for the first time they've been wow. at that level. And so, this is something they talked about in the conference call quite a bit. They're going to continue to feed that segment. Um, they're going to build out some conversion tracking um, and targeting tracking uh, to kind of help it be a little bit more valuable to the participating businesses. But um, that's obviously a business that scales very well. It's not ever going to be something that is on par with what Facebook is able to do in terms of ads or what Google does in terms of ads, mm-hmm. just because the user base is so much smaller. And I think the cadence that people go back to the platform is not nearly as frequent right. but i think you have to like i mean i was scrolling through linkedin today just to get like a ui experience you know and, and see exactly how these were being integrated and it's exactly the same experience that you're used to with very you know all the various social media outlets right uh so all right so before we sign off are you uh are you freeing us some cash are you going shopping <laughs> for some linkedin shares a lot of fools seem pretty bullish on it right now a lot of people in this building do like it so yeah yeah um a couple other things that i do like more on the core metrics business side uh, EBITDA as a percentage of revenue has been consistently trending up. They had a little downtick early in 2015. What do you uh, What do you think? Sorry to interrupt about their because um, they 
you know, Asa Sharma, one of our writers, had a really good analysis, and he noted that the company pretty much always says you need to not focus on gap results where they lost money and go to EBITDA results because we have so much stock-based compensation and all that stuff. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> you got to pay the piper, right? I mean, yeah, like, like that, that's always like kind of a, right. a cop out, uh, and that's something that we see all the time with tech companies. Well, and actually, fifteen years ago, um, there was an open debate. They're like, "Oh, all these tech companies are using stock options to uh, pay their employees, but they're not expensing them and everything. What's the deal here?" And Buffett wrote a really good. Uh, article about it, and, and you know he and Bill Gates, because Bill Gates started expensing stock options at Microsoft, which is probably a sign that all tech companies should have been doing it. But um, he basically said it's an expense, and if it's just because it's hard to calculate, yeah. doesn't make it not an expense, especially to shareholders. So, exactly. Anyway, yeah, something to keep in mind, and I think uh, perhaps down the road we should do a stock-based a philosophical debate about, <laughs> or, or just take a look at the landscape of tech right. companies who's paying what in stock-based compensation. Do you and, know how much uh, Larry Ellison, the uh, former CEO but now just chairman of Oracle, he gets like. Two hundred million dollars a year in stock options must be nice. And that's S- start a company and then just get stock options, and, and then you can buy one of the Hawaiian Islands. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> circling back to our accounting conversation, <laughs> I, I, that's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, so yeah, EBITDA as a percentage of revenue has generally been trending up. There was a little hiccup in I think early 2015. I believe that was related to the Linda acquisition. So. Um, but based on guidance, margins should continue to improve. Mm-hmm. I think they're pegging somewhere between somewhere around like a hundred basis point improvement uh, this in twenty sixteen, which is obviously great. Do you think that how scalable do you think LinkedIn is compared to a Facebook? Facebook's just a website, and we're all addicted to it, and we stalk people on it, and then there's ads. And I mean, he he's talking about getting three four billion humans on this by twenty twenty. Or twenty thirty five or you know whatever, um, that's scalable. Yeah. yeah, it's very scalable. I don't know uh, what the job search environment is like abroad, right. and I, that's one of the things that's tougher for me to wrap my head around with their international expansion right. and it's like the growth we, opportunities there. Americans use it a, use it a lot or whatever. It's but, very yeah. common. Like if you go out right. to drinks or something like that, and you have like a mixed group of people, mm-hmm. and you realize someone that you're you know chatting with happens to work like say you know we work in editorial and someone else works at mm-hmm. a distribution outlet it'd be very common for us to reach out and say hey right. you know, maybe something works out i mean i had a high school friend who works at um one of these kind of like upstart uh brokerage account type places mm-hmm. uh reach out and say oh like i realized that you're in financial content uh it would totally make sense for us to see if there are any mm-hmm. you know partnerships that we can work out so you guys can be on our platform so uh, it totally makes sense and it's part of the culture here in the u.s I, th- I would think it would have to be the same abroad. I would think, but you never know. Yeah, and that's bolstered by what we've seen with user growth. It hasn't really slowed down. Uh, one of the other core metrics for the business that I really like, I think over the past four quarters, it's been consistently between like 19 and 21% year over year. Mm-hmm. So that's looked pretty good. Um, all in all, so since the post-release sell-off, stock is up about 10%. So it dropped around 40 and has recovered Right, ten percent from where it dropped. So it is still, I think, way da- It's down yeah. in like the hundred and thirteen, hundred and fourteen yeah. region. Well, and its market cap is like fifteen billion, I think. And I just see these sales numbers, and I'm like, ah, talking about three and a half, three point six billion sales next year. So it's not, it's not profitable. Although, debate, <laughs> um, and it's still. I don't know, four or five times sales. So right. It's kind of like, eh. yeah, but it's at a thirty-seven percent discount to where it was in early February. Yeah, um, and 
So if you're bullish, now's the time. <laughs> yes, if you're bullish, now's the time. I also think when it happened, it felt like a market overreaction. Right. Uh, you know, because that was brutal. Like it was just it was crazy. Punish it. Was, it. Like, yeah. Um, basically, I mean, they shaved about 13 billion off their market cap in last year. Yeah. Yeah, in, in a month. Right. And so um, my takeaways here are the core business seems to be doing fine. There aren't management doesn't seem to be worried about competitive threats to what they're doing. Um, there aren't major players coming in to steal their lunch. User growth is good. EBITDA is trending where you want it to be. And there seem to be a lot of really good growth avenues available to them. So, if you like them, it seems like a great time to add to a position if you already have a position with them. They are on my watch list right now. Um, I want to just wrap up and continue doing a little bit more homework. But uh, I've had my eye on them for a little bit. Cool. All right. Well, I'll go. Uh, I'll go front, uh, connect with you on LinkedIn right now. <laughs> uh, that is it for us, folks. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and fool on. Fool on.